You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning, everyone. I said good morning, everyone. I only hear Michael in the crowd. We're live today. We're not in our rooms. Some of you are. I just want to welcome everyone who's in their living room, uh, in their dining room and wherever the restroom maybe just welcome to our live stream we're really excited to have you here my name is kenny zuchuku and today i'm going to be continuing our series uh, but before we do that i want to uh, for those of you who are in the service today so if you bring out your phones last time we had slides and we're going to try to do that again hopefully i'm hoping it's going to work i don't know every time we do this i get a little nervous uh, but if you don't have uh, I want you to go to your texting and text the number 81010. So that's the number you're going to put in your texting. And then what you're going to text is at Church West. And then what I will do is I'm going to send you a link to the slideshow presentation today. And you should be able to... to to see that throughout the service. So if it doesn't work, I apologize. I'll do my best to be as lively as possible. Um, but can, when you guys get there, all you have to do is just, just put your phone down and I'll know. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you guys the link in a second. And I want to confirm with Michael that it's actually good to go. Are we good to go? Or if, uh, I guess we'll find out. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. So, um, alrighty. So, here we go. I'm going to send it now. And for those of you back at home, don't worry about this. The slides will be on the screen, so you'll be able to see them throughout the lesson. All right. So I was going to send an announcement, and you should be able to see it right now. Just sent it through. So if you have any issues with it, um, we'll have a little bit of a break, so I'll be able to work on it later. But it should be on your on your phones now. Do you guys get the link? Yes? Everyone get it? Just say yes if you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, alrighty. It is the Remind app. Yes. Yes. Technology can be very, very overwhelming. So I'm about to, I want to play it. I'm waiting for the, the service to go. But either way, my name is Kenny Zuchuku, and I am, I help serve in the campus ministry. And it's comprised of schools at Pepperdine, UCLA, and SNC. And for those of you tuning in, what I want you to do right now is just take a second, and I want you to click on the that little curved arrow, the share button. And when you click and send it to someone random, maybe a new friend, maybe someone that you met the other week. And last week I got a lot of um, great responses to this. Someone was telling me how they sent it to one of their friends, and they were just kind of like sitting down in their living room and twiddling their thumbs. They're like, oh, here, I'll watch the service. And they start watching it with them. So you never know what can happen. So all you have to do is click and allow God to do the rest. And today we're going to do a little bit, a little bit something different for service. So last week we did some discussion groups. This week what we're going to have is I'll do a quick point, and then we're going to have one of our students share a communion message in the middle of the sermon, and then once I, I'll come back and I'll close everything out. So it's going to be a little different. We're doing a lot of things just differently today, but God is working, and I'm very confident that things will work out, even if it doesn't work out perfectly. Amen? Okay, so today we are continuing our series called In All 
things. And last week I was able to launch it off and we started by discussing simply the idea and the understanding that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. And when he says all things, the Apostle Paul, he really does mean all things. The good, the bad, the mediocre, any adjective you want to use and put before the word things, that's what Paul is talking about. But oftentimes as Christians, and even those who may not be Christians yet, we can have this idea that Christians are supposed to have everything together. Or even that in some things God can work for us. But Paul is trying to remind us that no, in all things. And I really want that to become our mantra. I want us when we're driving on the street and someone cuts us off and we have that aggressive thought in our mind, rather than cursing out loud, we'll just say, in all things. Or maybe when we're having a really difficult time with a spouse or a significant other, and all we want to do is just slam and just get angry and we say, in all things. Or maybe even for the students, you got your midterms and your finals and your exams. You're like, oh, I'm drowning in work. What am I going to do? Rather than complain, what if we said, in all things? At this very moment, God is working this out for the good. But I made it clear last week that we talked about who do you love? Because the catalyst, the source of this understanding comes from this overwhelming love for God. And oftentimes we can lose that. We get lost in the anxieties of the world and we lose the understanding that God's in control. And I think that oftentimes we can figure, we can, we can lose sight of that. Our mindsets has to be set so much on God that we cannot Forget about his love for us. So a part of loving God, because I asked that question last week, do you love God? And some of you guys are like, yes. Some of you guys are like, eh, figuring out. But the part of loving God is to understand his wholehearted love for us. Those can't be separated. Oftentimes we think we got to produce and earn. But most of the time, it's actually God doing all the work. And we're just responding to that love that he has for us. So I want us to start off this service really having that mindset that in all things, God does work for the good of those who love him. But to wholeheartedly love God means that we wholeheartedly accept his love for us. Does that make sense? And the type of love that we talked about last week was agape love. And I think on your phones, can you guys let me know, is it working on your phones? Is it? Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. I love that response. It's, so the type of love we talked about was agape. And this is Christ's sacrificial love for us, which then as humans we can manifest and give and send to others. And that's amazing that even when we're not feeling it, we can love. Even when we're in a lot of pain, we can love. Even when we're having a terrible day, We can love. That's agape love. So again, I want to remind us that to love God wholeheartedly is to trust in his wholehearted love for me, for you, for all of us. Why? Because in 1 John it says it very clearly. We love because he loved us first. That is the core. That is the source. That is the arc reactor in Iron Man's costume. 
That is the vibranium and Black Panther suit. That is everything that we need to move forward. Are we good with that? Are you okay with that this morning? Awesome. So, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Today, the title of the lesson is Expect the Unexpected. And when we think of expectations, I think the idea of the case of uncertainty. So what we do is when things are uncertain, when things are unclear, we try to find the most likely scenarios and outcomes so that we can feel better about whatever we're about to do. Does that make sense? So we try to do that, and we do that in everything, in all aspects of life, right? It's not abnormal to set these expectations, but oftentimes we set them without really knowing or identifying them or naming them, making it clear. And this could lead to a lot of disappointment. Everyone online right now, what I want you to do, and everyone here, I want you to think of a time when you expected something, and you're like, this is going to happen. I know this is going to happen. And you're so certain about it. And then, and then it didn't occur the way you thought it was. How did you feel in that moment? So if you're online, just set in the, write in the comments. Just how did you feel? It could be one word to describe your feeling. And if you're here in person, I just want you to think about that feeling. When you thought you were going to get an A on an assignment, students, and you get a D, hopefully that never happened. That happened to me once. When you thought that that person is going to say, I like you back, but they said, nah, you're just a friend. It's called friend zone if you didn't know that. When you thought that your marriage was going to be one way, but it turns out it's completely different. How do you feel when you have unmet expectations? Sad? Discouraged? If we got some comments, can I look at the comments, guys? Is that okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at some of these comments, and hopefully you guys have been commenting. I'm going to try to read it uh, on my phone, live streaming. If you haven't subscribed to the Westside channel, subscribe. It just takes a second, and then you can just pull it up real quick. Uh, now I'm watching myself. Let's pause that. Okay. So it says here, some people said feel discouraged. Some people said I feel Unloved, surprised, shocked, hurt. Everyone knows the feeling of when you have unmet expectations. And now we're going to read about a passage. The last week we started off this incredible book in Philippians. And we're reading about the Apostle Paul and how he was in chains for Christ and how being in prison was one of the worst things that you can do in society, right? And it's still the same way now, even though it's kind of glamorized now. But back then, you literally cut off all ties with individuals who went to prison. But he's in prison. He's in chains because of his relationship with God. So we're going to continue in Philippians 1, verse 15, as I share my first thought. We need to expect the unexpected. You ready for this? Let's dive in. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition 
not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. We can stop there. So Paul paints this picture. He's like, there are two types of people. There are these people that are proclaiming Christ out of this place of deep and intimate love, which we talked about last week, right? And then there is this group of people that are proclaiming Christ out of selfish ambition. And he realizes in that moment that there's nothing he can do about it. Because he's in chains. He's locked up. He can't even get out of his situation. So how do you process something when you're in an influential, loving, amazing minister of God? And you hear about people not having the right motives when it comes about talking and expressing something that you've sacrificed your life for. You guys with me here? Maybe for some of us, that's not that big of a deal. You're like, oh, what if someone else would take care of it? Paul was that guy that would take care of it. But he's in chains. Yesterday, I was uh, meeting with our interns, our student interns, uh, for the campus ministry. Maria, Josh, Naomi, and Megan. And we sat down, and we started talking just about the idea of motives. And I literally, I had something else prepared for it, but that conversation was so deep that I'm like, I have to share this. And I asked them a question because they were having this discussion, like, can we do anything pure? So I asked this question. Can you say with 100% certainty that you've done anything good with completely pure motives? Ever. You know, and I made it pretty deep, like, ever. You know, because they're, they're interns. We're trying to scare them a little bit. And they each take some time to think, and they come back, and they're like, this is on Zoom. They're, like, thinking, and someone turn on your camera, turn on your camera. They're like, no. I cannot think of one time where I've done anything with 100% certainty, completely with completely pure motives. And I said, all right, well, let's just take this as a sample size. Let's extrapolate this sample size. Let's say, let's say everyone feels that way. We can't say that for sure, but let's just extrapolate. And my point was that even in our best moments, even when we think we're doing things, we're doing things 100% correctly, we can't know our motives 100%. Because that's reserved for this guy named God. We do it because we want to take control of our lives. We think that we can somehow dictate our own motives, our own understanding, our own feelings completely, so that we don't have to feel like we're out of control. And then we build these expectations that we set in ourselves that we can't even live up to. And we get disappointed. You know, one of the biggest killers of faith are unmet expectations. I'm telling you guys, you have no idea. 
how many people I talked to who were just like, I was let down because I set up these expectations about God and other people and other Christians and the church, and it let me down. And then I thought about the Apostle Paul. You know, it's funny. I don't, I don't think he'd be accepted in our American church context. He's in jail. He's in prison. He's super radical. He's single. That'd be weird for American church context. He would never be a leader in one of our American churches. We try so hard to maintain control when God wants us to say, be like Paul, rely on me. You're in the worst circumstances of your life, but that is where I can speak the most. I am God. I work in all things. And I think this quote, uh uh-oh, I hear, I got a text saying the live stream isn't working. Sorry, guys, but I'll read it. Don't worry. We can read. Well, I can read and you guys can listen. I mean, I hope we all can read. What are, we, what are we talking about? Let's keep going. Tim Keller said this, and I love it, as I scroll slowly backward to it. We try to maintain control of our lives by living for other things. For money, career, family, fame, romance, sex, power, comfort, social, and political causes. Isn't that true today? Isn't that really true right now? Or something else. But the result is always a loss of control. It's a form of slavery. Everyone has to live for something. And if that something is not God, then we are driven by the things we live for, by overwork to achieve it, by the inordinate fear if it's threatened, deep Anger, if it's being blocked, and inconsolable despair, if it's lost. In other words, we cannot expect to, to live and to have a life, to have a, our circumstances work out in the way that we, have plan, we plan it. At best, we can forecast. And that is why Paul responds with the next verse. Verse 18. What does it matter? The most important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice while in chains, while being the epitome of disgrace in his society. This man is rejoicing. When people aren't doing things the right way, this man is rejoicing. I think sometimes in our American church context, we underestimate how powerful the gospel is. We try to paint it and add things to it and make it, seem nice and flowery so that we can attract the masses and in the process we destroy the roots. Church, sometimes I feel like our church culture is too command and control. We want to discern people's motives all the time, so we set up rules. 
And what we end up doing is disillusioning many people to think that they can do what only God can do. Proverbs 16, verse 2 says, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Sometimes we spend too much time trying to discern the motives of people. We treat them as projects. And we project our own experiences onto them rather than just sitting and listening and hearing. What are you going through? What's going on in your life? Tell me something. You're the expert. Teach me. The gospel has taught me to expect the unexpected. I don't know what's going to happen. I was joking the other day. I studied the Bible with a lot of people. When we talk to say the Bible, I mean, trying to help them get closer to God. Trying to help them make the decision to follow Him. And I've never been able to completely identify when they were going to make that decision. I'm at a 0% rate at that. I've tried. Hey, when's he going to get baptized? Maybe, maybe next week. Two years later, he gets baptized. What? It's because I don't know. Church, we don't know. God knows, and we need to rely on Him. Lower yourselves so that you can elevate Christ. Today, we have an incredible opportunity to hear a story from a student who's going to share about his experience with this topic in all things. And he's going to share He's going to share a lot. But it's going to be good. And we're going to take communion after his sharing. He'll pray for communion. But I want us to listen to the intricacies of his story and understand that nothing goes according to plan and we need to start learning how to expect the unexpected. Amen? All right, so I, I give you Juan Barajas. Can you guys hear me? Yeah? Okay. Hi. So, like you said, Juan Barajas, campus student, senior year at Pepperdine University. Woo! <laughs> um... So I want to start off by saying Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. So Hispanic Heritage Month is September 15th to October 15th. And um, I just wanted to give a little background of how, how I'm Hispanic. So my mom immigrated from Nicaragua when she was eight years old, and she came with my grandmother. Um, after my grandmother lost um, her two-year-old daughter from an asthma attack, and she was um, eager for a new beginning in this new land, and she wanted to unite with my grandfather who was already working here, and they were escaping the communism and the war that was literally happening in their backyard. And, and also my dad, he was born in L.A., but um, his parents immigrated from Jalisco, Mexico. And so moving on to connect to this lesson, um, at the end of my high school year, I was really looking into uh, Latin American history, into uh, colonization and indigenous culture and my indigenous roots, I even took an S3 DNA test, as some of you guys may know. Um, and so I think looking back, I was even seeking for God there. I was seeking something deeper. And at Pepperdine, I really tried to get involved in the Latino Student Association. And I was looking for that community. And although I am proud of my Hispanic heritage, it really wasn't enough. Because my soul was, was seeking God. And when I finally encountered Him in the beginning of my sophomore year... 
I knew where I needed to go. I needed to go to Alpha Mega Campus Ministry because they were doing something different. They really were this light, this city on a hill. And let me tell you, there's nothing like the church. There's nothing like the kingdom of God. And I'm so grateful to be part of this ministry in this church. So Romans 8:28, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Kenny shared with me this series a few months ago, and I was instantly excited because this one verse has impacted my life a lot. And I do want to say, as I share personally, um, just because I'm sharing my life, that doesn't make the word of God true. The word of God stands truthful itself. It doesn't depend on my personal experience. But let my personal experience be a testimony to his good word, to his faithful word. So as some of you may or may not know, I left Pepperdine in the spring of 2019. I slipped into a really difficult time in my life. Uh, My childhood trauma was catching up to me. Um, I, I was feeling overwhelmed with all the changes in my life, and I was really struggling to leave a life of sin behind me. And honestly, the enemy was coming for me. He was coming for me, and I did not have the armor of God on me, so I fell. And although I was returning home and I canceled all my summer plans, I knew the, God, I knew the type of God that I served. I, I knew who he was. I knew his word to be faithful. I knew he would turn this all around. I know that he would use this for my good and for his glory. So I want to share, you guys, share with you guys a journey that the Lord sent me on immediately after this period of time, this time period of my life. It was from April to August 2019 when I felt like the Lord was trying to tell me something. So this might sound crazy for you guys, but just hear me out. So the Lord kept giving me signs. That's how I understood it. One day I was, at, I was visiting UCLA, and I was walking on the campus, and I just felt this feeling, like this inner calling. And I was like, okay, weird. I brushed it off. Then my brother later on, he was talking about like his eighth grade drama or something. And I was listening to him, giving him advice. He was like, oh, you should be a therapist. And I felt the same feeling. And my mom always mentioned that. Oh, maybe you should study psychology. And I was like, no, no. Honestly, it was my pride. I was like, everyone does that. I don't want to do that. Um, and then one day, my mom randomly comes into my room. She's like, oh, you got baptized at Pepperdine? You're going to baptize at UCLA. And I was like, what the heck? So all these things were coming up, and I just couldn't shake it anymore. I was like, okay, God. I was in prayer every day. Like, what do you want me to do? And this is where it really got me. So my mom and I were praying for this lady, this complete stranger, we're asking God to soften her heart. And minutes later, she comes up to us, and uh, she starts crying. And in the conversation, we're just having this conversation, she mentions that I should transfer to UCLA as a psychology major to become a therapist and help others. The exact same thing that God was putting on my heart, and I was like, what the heck? Like, okay, God, I'm starting to hear you out, you know? So I knew that then I was to attend to, I was to, I was then to attend Santa Monica College, with the intent to transfer to UCLA as a psychology major. But it wasn't that easy. Did God really expect me to just drop everything and go on this journey and this plan, not even knowing if I for sure get in? I mean, applying to, if not the most, one of the most competitive majors at UCLA, I was, I was terrified. Like, what if I put all my hard work, my blood, sweat, and tears in my whole heart and then not get in? I'd be devastated. I'd be heartbroken. Is it even worth it? By this time, I was praying and constantly surrendering to God, and I was like, okay, I'm in for the ride, God. And then, after that, I even got a dream. And then the dream, it was like this typical Friday night. Um, we're at Devo 
uh, playing like ultimate frisbee at UCLA. And we were all super thirsty. And there was literally like campus faces there, like people who I know. And so I was like, oh, let's go check out our storage closet. Because I guess in the dream, every club has their own storage closet. And I expect, when I opened the door, I expected to see stacks or, of cases of water bottles. And it was empty. And I was like, guys, we need to be packed here. We need to be prepared because there's going to come a time when people are going to be thirsty. And they're going to be coming to us for the water. And so I woke up and I, it was like immediately this spiritual download. It was weird. It was like, phew, and I understood the interpretation. And I was like, God, is this you? Like, is this a dream from you? And so I don't remember everything after that, like that, that moment I had. But obviously that water was the living waters. That was Jesus. From what I understood, um, you know, I saw in the dream there was a line of people outside who were thirsty. They were thirsty for God, and we were there to hand out those water bottles, to preach the gospel, to teach the word of God, to set the captives free, to feed the hungry and the thirsty. And so, of course, the dream, it was at UCLA, so I was like, okay, God, I get it. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it. I trust you. So let me map it out for you. So we're at the end of August now. I'm starting classes at Santa Monica College, um, taking classes specifically for the psychology major to transfer to UCLA, and I applied in November, and then I hear back in April. So, like I said, I'm in August. For the next seven months, I wasn't at Pepperdine. I was at Santa Monica College, helping lead the SMC ministry. Um, I was working a part-time job. I took five classes. I was building and deepening my relationships at SMC and UCLA the ministry. I was evangelizing, meeting people. Some people started studying the Bible. Some people started coming out to events. It was really good. And I got straight A's for the first time ever in my life. Um, And throughout this whole time, I was doing therapy. And I was unpacking that trauma that I mentioned earlier. Um, And one day in December, I felt God telling me to do the impossible. I didn't want to do it. But, you know, I kept praying. And after eight years, I called my dad. And I told him that I forgave him and that I love him. That was really hard because my pride didn't, I didn't want to reach out to the person who left me. But, you know, the Lord says if you, it's something of like, I will not forgive you if you not forgive those, those other people. Something like that. I think it's in Matthew. And, you know, that scripture really got to me. And I was like, okay, Lord, I, I will do this. I will obey you. And it was so hard. It was only the Holy Spirit, only God. I could have not done this. I could have not done this by myself. It was only God. And so then the month after this was the month before the decision and doubt was just coming in my mind. It was faith and doubt and um, struggle and every day I had to get on my knees and just surrender all over again. Okay, God, your will be done. Your will be done. And I kept casting all my anxiety on him. And then April 24th came. And I remember that day I I got on my knees before um, opening the decision letter. And I was just worshiping him. Because no matter the decision, he was worthy of the praise. He was worthy of, of me blessing his holy name. And so then I opened it up, and I didn't get in. And I was kind of disappointed. But I kept worshiping. I kept worshiping God. I was like, okay, God, I don't understand. I don't understand, but I worship you. And it doesn't end there. So this part's a little crazy, but I'm going to summarize it a little bit. So after I got denied to UCLA, um, I remember I went to go lay down and I was just praying. And I was praying to God. And this memory came up when I went to a uh, UCLA transfer event. I believe it was in 
October, and I got um, this number, 77. Uh, I was like the 77th attendant, I think. And my mom looked at me, she's like, oh, maybe that's a sign because my fairy number is seven. And I was like, mm, I don't know, like, I'm not going to, I don't want to be superstitious, like, maybe it's just coincidence and everything. But I remember that, that day when I got denied, I remember that. And um, the day continued, we had Devo, it was a Friday, and then after that, um, I just kept seeing that same number throughout the whole day. And I was like, okay, super weird. So then I, I told my um, my best friend, my brother in Christ, Andres, that I didn't get in, and he was like, Okay, later on tonight, let's talk. I want to make time for you. I want to hear you out. And so we're talking. I'm mentioning all this to him. I'm reflecting on my journey that I've been on. And um, Andres shares this scripture with me. And in the verse, it says uh, the word appeal. And this time, the whole day, I was questioning, should I appeal the decision? Should I appeal? And then he was like, guess. So the word appeal is in that verse, right? It's like, guess where this verse is found. Psalm 77. I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Okay, okay, God. And so I was praying and praying and praying. I was like, okay, I will appeal. And and appealing was a whole process. It took like a whole month. It was a bunch of ups and downs. That doubt was coming in again. Um, But I obeyed him because ultimately that's what I want to do. I want to obey what he puts on my heart. And I submitted the appeal. And then a week later, I didn't get in again. And so, yeah, that was hard. But I reassured myself with his word. I was trying to holding I was holding on to his word. And I prayed again. I was like, okay, God, look, I'm not mad at you. I'm just confused. I, I don't understand. What are you doing? Where are you taking me? Please let me know what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And after a few days of prayer, he made it clear that he wanted me to go back to Pepperdine to finish my political science degree and to apply to grad school for Christian psychology. And so that's what I'm doing now. And so, you may think that I'm disappointed. I'm not going to lie. At times, I was a little dis- I was pretty disappointed. But at this point, I'm really far from disappointed. Because that's when I realized at the end of the day, it's not about getting into UCLA. It's not whether an acceptance or a denial. It's the process. It's the journey that I've been on. All the lessons that I learned. That's what's valuable. The trial and the perseverance. The change in my character. Becoming more like Jesus. And Apostle Paul, he talks about this in Romans verse eight, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, immediately after the verse we just talked about. He says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. See, so the way I see it is when you give your life over to God and you give him the wheel, he's going to lead you down this personalized path with this customized curriculum of what you need to go through. He's going to use all the circumstances around you to grow you, to teach you, to refine you, to help you continually repent and be transformed. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day, the circumstances, really. It's the faith and the lesson that comes out of it. And so what I've learned is to never stop casting your anxiety on the Lord, no matter how many times you prayed about it. Never give up on God because His plan is so much greater his ways are so much higher than ours. When you have, left, when you have nothing left to do but just hold on, hold on because he will carry you through. And really to worship, when it seems like your feelings are just trying to consume you and you're starting to doubt him, counter that with worshiping him. When you feel like all hell is breaking loose, when you feel like the darkness around you wants to consume you, 
Let his light in his peace. That will overcome it all. Worship him because worshiping, it changes the atmosphere and it changes you. So if you're living a life of submission, surrender, and obedience to the Holy Spirit, expect the unexpected. I never thought I would have gone on this journey. And even when I understood, when I thought I understood what God's plan was, I did not have it all. Guys, I always pictured myself sharing this story here at church as a UCLA student. And that's not the case. But God is really still good. Because I know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. In all things, when I left Pepperdine, when I went to SMC, when I applied to UCLA, when I got rejected twice, and now, it's all for my good and for His glory. So I want to end off with the scripture that Kenny brought up earlier. Philippians 1, verse 15 to 19. I want to focus on verse 19. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Some may think that this journey was absurd with UCLA. Others still think that it will work out. I know that ultimately it will all turn out for my deliverance, for, for my vindication, for my salvation. And Kenny's going to touch up on that verse after this, after communion. For church, isn't that what matters at the end of the day? At the end of the day, our souls, don't get me wrong, a job and a career and education, that's very important in this life. But we know that heaven and earth will pass away and everything in this life will pass away. And when we stand that day in Judgment Day, God's not going to be looking at our resume. He's going to be looking at our hearts. And He cares about our souls. We're here to help Him minister to souls, to save souls. This world and this life is temporary, but our souls are eternal. I'm so grateful that we have a God that is the lover of our souls, that He will take us through anything to make sure that we get to heaven, that He is our salvation. And so... Before we take communion, I just want to remind you guys to remember the cross. What Jesus went through, all the pain, all the suffering for our salvation, for our souls, for our good and for God's glory. He is very good. He loves us so much. So let's bow our heads and let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we bless your name, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to let us glorify you, Lord, to bring glory to how good you are to your wisdom let us expect the unexpected lord when we're following you lord god and we worship you in all things lord and remember the the cross the 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 blood that was spilled the body that was broken for us god thank you so much jesus may we never forget what you've done for us and may we be willing to go through whatever it takes to finally be with you in heaven to finally see you face to face, for you not to be a half mystery, but for us to be known by you, to be fully known, to us to fully know you. We long for that day, Lord. So we thank you so much, Jesus. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
Can we give it up again for Juan Barajas? 
Nice job, Juan. Juan has been through a lot, but um, I'm really glad that he's still here, so faithful. And I know we've all been through a lot, right? Juan's just sharing his story. I'm sure any one of you can come up here and share the crazy events that maybe occurred in your life. But the point is that we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So I want to close quickly with rereading verse 19, which Juan eloquently uh, discussed, where it says, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Guys, today has been such a fun service. The slides didn't work. I apologize. But it's okay, because in all things, uh, we're learning, right? We're learning. Even when the slides don't work, we'll fix it for next week. Uh, but having that confidence that we can be delivered. So I will talk more about this next week in the third part of our series. But I did want to give you guys some action steps, some takeaways, where you can go home with and say, this is what we're doing. And I'm just going to read them, and then we'll, have the, we'll, we'll post the slides later so you can get them if you want them. But the action steps are threefold. One, I want you to read the book of Job. Not the entire book, don't worry. Just chapters one to three. And that will make some more sense next week when I pick up on what I left off in this sermon. And two, I want you to spend some time thinking and answering this question. Have you been able to see your life circumstances as a continuation of God's plan? Or do you feel like they've been detours? I'll repeat. Have you been able to see all your life circumstances as a continuation of God's plan? Or do you feel like they've been simply detours? And then lastly, have a conversation with someone. Talk to them. Talk through this question and meet someone new this week and ask them that question. Hey, how's it going? And maybe not a complete random stranger, but it could be. Someone that would maybe connect with you on this level. And just ask them that question and see what they say. But have your, give yourself an opportunity to think through it and share. And next week, we will go into our third part and our final part of this series. And the title will be Live Within the Tension. So we're looking forward to it. We're really excited. But today, I really want you guys to leave understanding that we can expect the unexpected if we're relying on God. And that in all things... In all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.